today on Commitment to Truth. There will be evil that will try to come against you because you're wrestling not against flesh and blood. If you're doing what's right before God, evil will try to stop you. But then there'll be just troubles because it's like you're in the right place at the right time all the time and there'll be trouble because there'll be people and adversaries that are against the gospel, period. You'll be at work minding your business. Trouble will happen. But we should be refreshed to know this truth, that as we are encountering gospel hardship, it's not a surprise. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. You see, aimless conversations do not refresh us because they will ultimately lead us somewhere, and that somewhere is always inappropriate. Look at James chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. It says, look at the ships too, and it talked about some other uh, illustrations. It says, though they are so large and are driven by strong word winds, they are nevertheless directed by a very small rudder whenever the inclination of the pilot determines. You hear that? So wherever the pilot's inclination is, if I want to go north, northwest, south, southwest, wherever that pilot goes, that humongous ship is going exactly where that rudder wants to go. Verse 5, so also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a force is set aflame by such a fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world, world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our body, body parts as that which defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of our life. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names, well, we know that's a lie now as adults, right? Because some of us still remember the names we were called years ago. Still feel the effects of it today. Still being moved by it today. Still being even restrained by it today. Because of what someone said many years ago. Furthermore, listen, aimless conversations do not refresh us because it's wrong, it's sin, and it's unwise. Proverbs 10, 19, when there are many words, wrongdoing or sin is unavoidable, but one who restrains his lips is wise. So again, remember I talked about the extreme? So if you find yourself always having to talk about something... Hold this verse in the frontals of your mind. You know why? And just simply says, I probably need to shut up. If you, listen, if you always have an opinion about something, you probably should shut up sometime. Use the art of silence. Just be quiet. I heard someone say this before. Uh, have you heard of God, God's ratio? He's giving you two ears and one mouth. So listen twice as much as you speak. And again, some of us are more conversational. 
And a lot of times, it's, sometimes it's out of nervousness and just this nervous twitch, and you can't control your tongue. And you just and and silence is just like oh, it's like deafening. Like if I be quiet, somebody's got to talk, so I got to. Then you start making jokes, cracking jokes, and then the scripture warns us about coarse jesting, and before you know, it, you offend somebody, and you don't even know you offend. But why aren't they coming to our Bible study anymore, our engaged group, our, our women's group? Well, because of you. <laughs> right? It's because you said something that you shouldn't have said. You know? And, that, and that's our challenge is that silence is healthy. But I think we avoid silence because that's where God can speak the clearest. So we have to become men and women who allow the Spirit of God to guide our conversations, right? We, okay, we know principally this is how we should conduct ourselves in, in speech and in lifestyle, but also Spirit of God. Let me only say what you deem necessary to say. Because if I rely on myself, I would destroy people. You see, when our conversations become aimless, remember there's always the possibility of sin. Just, just remind yourself, there's always the possibility of sin. So let me reel it in. You see, when our conversations become aimless, never forget they're always leading people somewhere. Where? They're always leading people somewhere, if you like it or not. What doesn't refresh, refresh us? Arguing over nothing and just having these aimless conversations that are really still leading people somewhere. But how can we refresh one another? How can we refresh one another? We're going to back up now to verses 8 through 13. Back up now to verses 8 through 13. I have two answers to this question for you. How can we refresh one another? The first is found in in verses 8 and 9. It says this, remember Christ Jesus, our Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal, but the word of God is not imprisoned. So here's the first way we can refresh each other. And remember the context of Paul. Again, he's locked in prison, and here's this this friend who's coming to see him frequently, right? And he is finding himself refreshed because of the visitation of his friend. So think about that in that context as we take a deeper dive here. Because refreshment... As you find here in these simple verses, it, it is a required, to have refreshment, there's a required gospel hardship. And that sounds weird to say it in the same sentence. Hardship, refreshment. But it is. It is when we ourselves find ourselves in hard places because, hard places, underscore, because of the gospel. Not hard places because I've made bad decisions. Totally different. But hardship because 
I've been preaching the gospel. Now I find myself in chains. I've been living the gospel. Then now maybe my friends don't like me anymore. Right? I'm living the gospel. Now I've got tension in my family. Got tension in, in my marriage because I'm choosing now to, to live out the gospel. I have tension with my children now, tension with my parents, right? You know, my cousins and my boys, they, my girlfriends, they don't, they don't see me the same because now I'm what? I'm living out the gospel of Jesus Christ and it becomes hard. Whenever that is the case, refreshment is always on the way. The two words in the Greek is combined, suffer hardship. It means endure evils, to endure trouble, and to be afflicted. There will be evil that will try to come against you because you wrestle not against flesh and blood. If you're doing what's right before God, evil will try to stop you. And, and Satan, the evil one, and his demonic forces will use people to do evil things against you. That's just what it is. But then there'll be just troubles because it's like you're in the right place at the right time all the time. And there will be trouble because there will be people and adversaries that are against the gospel, period. You'll be at work minding your business. Trouble will happen. But we should be refreshed to know this truth. That as we are encountering gospel hardship, two things, it's not a surprise. Number one, right? And secondly, that it's not strange. It's not this strange thing that happens to the body of Christ. It's not strange for you to be treated unjustly because you're standing for righteousness. It's not strange. But I believe what happens is sometimes we, we lose the opportunistic refreshment that God will send our way because we think it's strange. Then we start panicking and start like, I can't believe it. Oh, I can't believe it. Why is this happening to me? I, I'm not doing anything wrong. And, and we're just panicking. And God's like, calm down. Take a chill pill. Relax. I got this. This is nothing unusual. Your lives, if you want to be identified with me, this stuff just happens. Just a part of living for me and living with me and doing the right thing. So chill, relax, breathe. Refreshments on the way. And that's why if you look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 17, it says this as a reminder to us. Beloved, do not be surprised or don't be shocked at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing as though something strange new or unheard of were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So that at the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and be overjoyed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, for the name of whom? Christ. If you're, insul if you're insulted for the name of Christ, it does not say and give us permission to say, well, if you're insulted because you said something silly, Doesn't give us the permission to say, well, you know, I'm insulted because, you know, I did something wrong and I can't believe it. They're insulting me and I'm a Christian. Didn't say, well, you know, if you're insulted because you're acting uh, unchristlike, 
doesn't give us that permission or that support. But it says again, but if you're insulted for the name of Christ, listen to what it says, church, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. You don't think when the spirit of God rests on you and the glory of God rests on you, you won't be refreshed. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or troublesome meddler. Now remember, Jesus pointed out what a murderer is. If you say you hate your brother, you have what? You've committed murder. So today, if you have relational issues, you're a murderer. I'm a murderer. If some, remember we talked about someone you think you can live without? John Mark? If there's someone in your life right now that you think you can live without, guess what you and I are categorically are? Murderers. If you say you hate your brother, I can live without you. I can go on without you. I don't need you. We are categorically a murderer. And sometimes we wonder why we suffer, right? Many times it's so directly connected to relational issues. We suffer because of a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a troublesome meddler. Don't be in everybody's business. Let God handle people's business. He does it better than we do. But if anyone suffer as a Christian, being Christ-like little Christ, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in his name. That if you skip to verse 19, therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God are to entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. But we should also be refreshed to know that you have other brothers and sisters who are part of this church and a part of the church worldwide. Guess what? They are experiencing the same thing you are. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 10 says this to you and I. Be of sober spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, right? Remember I said evil? Evil's there. And we shouldn't be surprised that evil is around. Seeking someone to devour. So resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers and sisters who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, listen to what his promise is, perfect you, confirm you, strengthen and establish you. <clears throat> Refreshing is always on the way. But to tie all this together, please see this, is that this gospel hardship is nothing foreign to the body of Christ. But always remember, though, as the body of Christ, I can't be putting myself in silly situations, precarious positions, and then now I'm suffering because of that. 
But if I maintain this faithfulness to Christ, faithfulness in my calling, I have this confidence that, you know what? Help is on the way. Refreshment is on the way. But then secondly, the beautiful thing about it is, as we look around this room, you can rest assured there is someone in this room suffering just like you. That should provide you additional refreshment. That I'm not in this thing alone. Which should also say to you and I that you shouldn't be isolated in the body of Christ. That if you're a guy, all you do is go to work, come home, and there's no other brothers in your life, you're isolated. And chances are you're feeling miserable, you're feeling a beat up, you're feeling you know, frustrated because you have no one providing you refreshment. Yes, we need it from God, but there's times you need another brother to come visit you. Right? I mean, if you're, you could be a college student. You're just going through, you know, college chaos and frustration and you're trying to do the right thing and, and you're just stressed out and frustrated. Well, do you realize there's a whole bunch of people in this church that have, that have gone through all that and more and there's some who are still going through it that if you don't connect with them, well, guess what? You're going to feel isolated, alone, and the enemy, the wicked one, would just eat your lunch and take your lunch money. He's a bully. I mean, if you're, if you're a single person, it's like, oh, this, you know, I'm trying to live pure and, 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 and let the gospel just, you know, be evident in my life. And I'm just trying to, you know, not have premarital sex. And, but, oh, okay, how am I? That's a bunch of people that God has strengthened to live holy and pure before marriage. But if you isolate it, you're going to think you're the only one with a temptation problem. And the list goes on. The, the enemy will separate you and isolate you and beat you down. But we're the body of Christ. Christ is the head. He refreshes us. Other parts of the body comes alongside. Do what? Refresh one another. Amen? It's refreshing to know that we're not suffering hardship alone. How do we refresh each other? Here's our final point, verses 10 through 13. It says, for this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen. Please understand that uh, underlying that verse. So that they also may obtain the salvation, which is in Christ Jesus and with it enter eternal glory. Uh, the statement is trustworthy. For if we die with him, we also live with him. If we endure, we also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Refreshment also comes through enduring hardship. I like to say this for this one. Uh, for the chosen ones. For those who are chosen. In other words, there are people who have come to know Jesus Christ and there are people who will come to know Jesus Christ. But it is our responsibility who have already come to know Jesus Christ to endure for them. For this reason, I endure. I remain 
I do not recede or flee under misfortunes, trials, that I hold fast to the faith in Christ. You see, it's so easy when we're going through to just throw in a towel, just flee, feel as though this thing called faith in Christ just isn't for me, right? Especially when the hardships come. But you cannot forget the others. You're required, I'm required, we're required to endure hardship for other people so it may refresh their souls. Thank you again for listening to our series from Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.